Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome back to the OMG MotoGP podcast and welcome back to Extra, your extra dose of MotoGP previewing the race weekend because we're back racing, only three more to go. Uh, first up, uh, Malaysia. And uh, don't forget, you can get in touch in the meantime at OMG MotoGP on social media. Email us a question, omgmotogp at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, leave us a review. Thanks so much for all the love on the Colin Edwards show, by the way. That's doing amazing work at the moment. So keep watching it, keep sharing it as well. People are rediscovering us all the time. So spread the word. Um, my name's Harry Benjamin, as always, former Grand Prix rider and British champion. Keith Hewen is alongside me. And we're in Malaysia, Keith. And Jorge Martin's got to win by at least three seconds. Yeah, there's quite a lot to talk about, really. But we haven't got that much to talk about today, I suppose, really. It's a situation where we've got a wild card in there. Alvaro Bautista comes back to MotoGP. He goes good at Sepang. It'll be interesting to see what he can come up with there. You get Jorge Martin, as you mentioned. Um, but he's had that tyre warning now, so the next thing will be a penalty situation. So he's had a tyre pressure warning. Anybody that's been following this podcast and following MotoGP quite closely will know what that could mean, and that could make a big difference as far as um, what happens uh, after this. And, of course, we've got Yamaha that have only got three races to um, get a win in before they end up with the season from hell, which 20 years ago, 2003, I think it was, was the last time that they had a, a winless year. So we've got a situation where three topics there to be stuck into. Um, stats, stats, stats. It's funny, we have just the man to talk about stats with us at the moment. You'll see Dimitri Stathopoulos that's with us at the moment. Forgive me, Dimitri, if I, I, I say your surname differently every time I, um, I pronounce it, and I, I know you quite well now. But Dimitri, if I may say to everyone that's, that's looking in, is Dr. Martin Rains on steroids plus... Um, all those smart presenters and all those smart commentators that you hear um, and they come up with these astounding stats, they generally have come from someone. And uh, Dimitri has been um, a driving force between accurate statistics that are so deep that, believe me, even the biggest spanner in the uh, nerd world would have some struggle to, to get to the bottom. Dimitri, I salute you hugely and welcome <laughs> to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
it's a big build-up. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about um, um, how this started. I mean, from my position, obviously as a commentator, me and you met for a coffee one day at Silverstone in a lo- in a lovely coffee shop there, and sort of batted around a few bits and pieces. But it was clear from, from I mean. We, were, we intended meeting for about five minutes. I think we sat there for about an hour and a half talking about things like stats and, and where they come from and how accurate they are and how difficult they are to collate and from a commentator's point of view to use in, in our case. But, I mean, what gave you the, the, the first point? Where, where, did, where did this come from? What, what, what is your background regarding this? Yeah, so uh, I, basically I'm a data analyst and application developer for data analytics for multinationals. But, but, but that's dull. I'm actually a huge MotoGP fan, okay? And so 10 months before we met, which I think was around January 2020, Keith, um, I was watching you on Beating Sport, um, and I think somebody raised the question, how many times has Rossi gone straight to Q2 this year, and how many times has he got stuck in Q1 or had to go by Q1 to Q2? And I, I remember it clearly. You said, hang on a minute, let me look at my bits of paper, give me two minutes. And it did take two minutes. I sat there. I did look at my watch, and it took two minutes. And I, and I remember thinking, no, surely, surely the, that that information you know, must be available. What I didn't know at the time was, of course, you have a team behind you. I had visions of you actually looking through bits of paper, but but of course there is a team. And so I, I was watching with my my son Greg and my daughter Yana, who are very much involved in this project with me. And and I, and I just thought, well, I, I'm going to build an app. Uh, you know, a, a MotoGP app, analytics app for, for data analysis. And it was profoundly naive because I didn't know anybody at all, anybody at all in MotoGP, you know. So we spent the next eight months collecting facts, you know, and information. And um, and then once we had a workable version, I then realized, well, I've got to show this to somebody. And I started sending emails and nobody replied. I couldn't open any door. So, you know, it was, and I remember thinking, okay, well, that's not going to work. But then I remembered fortuitously, I'd been to um, a barbecue two, three years before, with, and I met a chap there that used to race motorcycles. In fact, he'd actually raced quite well, and he, he shared the grid with Jorge Lorenzo at some point in 250s. So, you know, we're talking about a bit more than just club racing. Uh, a chap called uh, Ian Gardner, and, and, and I sent him, him an email just saying, Ian, do you by any chance happen to know anybody at all from the BT team? Because I'd really like to, you know, get to know one of them at least. And he said, well, actually, I know, I, I do know Michael Laverty. So he introduced me to Michael, and Michael had a look at this via a, a net meeting. And then, if you remember, um, he introduced me to you, Keith, and we met that day, as you say, in the coffee shop in Silverstone. It's, I mean, the incredible thing about it is our sport really didn't develop until the likes of, Dr. Martin Rains and your good self have, have, have got behind it because back in the day, if I look back through some of my early Grand Prix appearances, if you like, you know, from practice and qualifying, there's no records. There are there are no records out there. So how did you manage to to collate this kind of information to get it as in depth as you have done? Well, just you know, fortunately we have the internet now, so and there's loads of different places that will have the information, but because I'm sort of have an advanced state of paranoia when it comes to trusting data, you know, I, I, I have to validate it, you know? And so in, in many, many cases, if I had even a slight bit of doubt about the data, I would find a YouTube video of the race and sit down with my pen and paper and make a note of where everybody finished. 
uh, to make sure it was absolutely <laughs> correct. You know, I mean, it, it was a massive old school. Yeah, old school. It was a massive operation. You know, and um, and 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 then I remember one one thing that came out of our meeting, Keith, was uh, so if if a rider's in, injured, they're not going to be in the data. Right, and, and the problem is with data is that you can't look for something that's not there. So I remember you said to me, "Well, the thing is, I don't remember why so and so is missing from 2012, you know, uh, and and you're creating work for me by making me go and look for it if I need that piece of information." So I remember thinking, mm, "Yes, okay, we need an injuries database, you know, so or or why are they missing database, you know, which invariably is linked to injury." And so that was another. I don't know. Was it six months? I, I can't remember of going back to to two thousand, right? Because because we when I built the app, it was twenty nineteen. We started the work, and um, it was important that it covered all the riders on the grid at the time, because you know there's no point having incomplete data. And Valentino started in two thousand, you know. So we had to make sure we covered everybody, and. Um, yeah. So whenever you make any change like that, it's quite a big operation because there's twenty something years worth of data. So, so every time we come up with something as commentators, and you're listening, and uh, you, it sends you in a spiralling manic panic to go and find exactly what that might be. I mean, Mark Marquez. I think we were suggesting on this podcast recently that Mark Marquez, um, what was the situation for him, and comparing him with riders of a certain age. And you've done all of that, haven't you? You've worked that out already. I, I, I did it recently, actually, yeah, yeah, because um, one of the things uh, I remember that was important is, uh, you know, in GP, everybody likes to say that a rider is so many years and so many days old, so we have to have all that information in the app. And then it, it occurred to me, because of all the talk, you know, of, of Mark will be 31 years old when he jumps on the Grisini for the first time, right? And so, therefore, you know, everybody has an opinion about how they think he'll go. But the question, but, but for me, the question was, we don't know how it's going to go, but how has everybody else done, right? That 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 has raced at that age and has been a winner, okay? And and so you know, yeah, I look, we looked into how many GPs as a rider won when they were twenty five, when they were twenty six, when they were twenty seven, when they were twenty eight. You know, and if you were to ask me, and this is what I do like about this and, and my involvement with MotoGP because. You know, uh, it, it is fundamentally interesting if you like MotoGP. You would think that a rider, as they learn the trade, well, when they get into the premier class anyway, there'll be a curve that they rise up to what would be a peak. And then you would expect them to slowly tail off, right? But actually, no, it, it drops abruptly at age 27. Uh, now, I, actually, I should, there's a caveat here. I should say I've been looking at riders that started racing from the year 2000 onwards in MotoGP and are over 30 because there's no point looking at the younger guys because they haven't finished yet. So we don't know when they'll pick. So we're looking at people that are, whether they're retired or not, anybody that started 2000 onwards and, 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 and um, is over 30. And there's a big drop at 27. And then again at 32, 33, it's like a step, two steps rather than a curve, okay? And so you start thinking, well, okay, now that is interesting. I wasn't sure I expected that, you know. Although that said, I have met with um, a rider analyst for one of the teams whose job is exactly this, and he comes from a racing, um, you know, family. And uh, he told me when we looked at that together, he said, oh, now my dad had always told me that 27 would be the age that the, the performance would, would, would drop. And I was like, well, I mean, that's quite, quite remarkable, actually, because, you know, he's right on the money. Now, Looking at it with my daughter, who really helps me with all of this analysis, um, 
she actually um, said, the thing is, the data is quite skewed by Mark Marquez and Casey Stoner, because they both were big winners in this series, massive winners, okay? And Mark injured himself, I think, late when he was late 26, or what, just turned 27, just turned 27. And um, Casey gave up when he, when he just turned 27. So if you remove those riders, you then have a situation where there are steps again, but they're less pronounced. Steps, though, it's not quite smooth, you know. But um, so the question is, should we or shouldn't we include them? Right. And, 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 you know, there's a debate in itself. You know, I think I personally think you should include them because something happened that prevented them from winning in their 27th year. In Casey's case, it was the loss of love for the sport, I guess, motivation, the desire, you know. And in Mark's case, it was the accident of their act. So there was a definitive reason in both cases why they stopped, you know. I'm looking at the face on Harry, Dimitri, because, uh, I mean, Harry works as a commentator, Formula One and, and some of the car sports as well. I mean, I dare say we're going to get him in bikes at some stage at not too distant future. And he he's really the age that can appreciate the kind of work that you do, probably more than the old fellow like me. I'm, I'm, you know, it goes around in my head and I've forgotten it by the time he comes back to the front nowadays, which is a bit of a shame. But there you go. That's that's life. The likes of Michael Laverty, you mentioned him earlier on. He would be the kind of guy that would really appreciate what you do. Sylvain Gintoli as well, if we're talking about the TNT team. He's another one, an up-to-date guy. And because he has... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That analytical mind, because he's a test rider, you know, up until recently with Suzuki, he's still a current rider, of course. That kind of data, they can, you know, work that out. It's a logical thing for them to work out. For old school, it's 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 a difficult thing to manage that kind of overload. As, as so, your presentation to television teams, do you find that it's really the younger ones that are coming through that are absorbing this stuff better than maybe some of the older commentators, the older guys that are behind the counter, or is everybody sort of taking it on or taking portions of it perhaps to use in their programming? Uh, maybe you, should, maybe you need to do really a stat for this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll have to. I'll get back to you on that one. You know, um, honestly, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think it, it rather than it being an age thing, it's more a question of people realizing that what, of what, what what we're sending out. So, for each race, we send out basically a, a, a batch of information about that track, the current state of the championship, how many times has a rider gone through the Q2, blah, 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 all of that stuff, right? But at the same time, we do a deep data dive as well. 
and it's and, and it's taken time to build a little momentum for pe people to realize that the, the deep data dive can be very interesting you know um in fact for this this race uh, that's just uh coming up now I, I got messages from various tv stations going oh this one's a good one yeah yeah we like that thanks very much you know um uh so um uh, so actually, it, it's it's it, it, momentum is building, but I couldn't really answer you actually uh, whether it's younger or older. I think I think to be honest, everybody wants to have an interesting angle, right? And and what? So you start with a simple idea like the one we had before. Well, how how's everybody else done? If Mark's going to um, to uh, you know race at thirty one, uh, another another really good one was earlier this season um, the sprint race introduction. Um, it's going to be flat out. There's going to be no tire conservation. It's going to be go from work go, you know. So I was, so I found myself thinking. So the average lap time, how much quicker is it in the sprint race than in the main race? Okay, uh, I'd like to have an understanding. Point two, point three, point five. What? And 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 after Le Mans, five rounds in, four, we have usable data from four rounds really because Termas was wet dry in the two races. To my astonishment, I found that the average lap time was was quicker in the main race than in the sprint race, you know. And and and, and so what happens is you start with a simple idea: what, what's what's the average lap time? Then you have to dive into, I wouldn't say a world of pain, right, but a lot of work to 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 find out what the answer is. But the answer is actually quite simple to to, to digest, you know. And it's kind of that is what we're doing. I, f I feel like you, you know? and Pete McLaren would get on very, very well. Uh, from, oh, I've met from... Pete. I've met Pete. Yeah. 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 I, I just, I get I've that, that this... sense. I'm not surprised. I mean, sorry, Harry, go on. Go on, Keith. Is this going to be available no, no, to on. other people? I mean, I, at the end of the day, you're obviously doing a tremendous amount of work for, for the behind the scenes, for the television companies, for the radio commentators, and so on and so forth. But is there sort of a, a, website anywhere or anything that you're going to be developing for, for later on so you know our fans people that are, are, are more general can access some of the the the, the stats that the the headline stats if you like perhaps not maybe even the deep stuff i don't know it depends on what you're prepared to let out there um into the public domain i mean is there a place where the where any of our fans can go at the moment um no uh because the way i conceived this originally is 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 that I'm going to provide the expert commentators with the information for them to relent, you know, because everybody knows a Keith Ewan, everybody knows a, a Gavin Emmett, a Susie Perry, but no one knows me, you know, and and so that and I'm also not interested in being the frontman, frankly, you know, I'm just more interested in engaging with experts in the field on on MotoGP about 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 stuff that they may not have known themselves, you know, I it, it's quite interesting in that. Um, in that having had conversations with certain riders through other people and once or twice directly you you you've you come up and I, you know last last um last uh, the very last round last year valencia i was walking along on thursday just outside the paddock and then right bang this bastianini right in front of me and i said well, we're there you know and I don't, people don't know me from adam right i mean i i've been a little bit more in foot you know more races this year but I'm not a known quantity, really, other than those that I'm working with. And I said, hey, let me just, can I, you know, he goes, yeah, yeah sure. And I said, uh, did you know that um, in terms of overtaking uh, places gained from lap two to the end of the race, you're the strongest performer in the last 20 years for anybody that qualified on, on average in the top 10? 
right? I bet he, he liked like, you after that. He was like, he his face, right? He was like, no, what, really? And I said, yes, yes, you know. Um, and I said, for anybody that's qualified in, on average in the top 10, in fact, only one person had ever done better, that was Vinales in 2018. But he was, um, he was losing a, 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 a tragic number of places on lap one, you know. And so he was then spending this time making up for them. Whereas Bastianini had a bit of an Achilles heel on lap one, you know. Uh, but um, and he didn't know that. His PR guy was there as well, and his PR guy was saying, "What, really, really? What, what? It, like, and, you know?" And I was like, "Yes, yes, you know." And, I, and it, it, it's sort of interesting to me that the very guy that's doing the overtaking doesn't know it, you know. Uh, so it, it, you know, it's just interesting. <laughs> in uh, in F one, we have uh, we have very much the equivalent to you. But one of the great things we have, which is um, uh, the guy called Sean Kelly, provides um, mm. almost like a live stats on on the screen as the race is unfolding right. so if something is yeah. happening you know mm-hmm. if alonso gets this podium it will be his number 100 and whatever it will be or so as a commentator those things can be life-saving because when you're in the thick of the moment you just sometimes you need to glance mm. and just go oh, okay great yes. I'll, I'll add that in at some point just to give it a bit of flavor but obviously this mm. weekend you you compile your your stats ahead of the grand prix what are the big the big stats ahead of this weekend to be honest with you, I mean, I, I, I think it's not really so much of a stat situation. I think it's something that we all really understand. There's two guys going for it. You know, mm. they both have different strengths and weaknesses, but also the same weaknesses, right? In, in that, you know, I think we've all seen that Martin, I mean, interestingly, up until Mizano, Martin, who's a one-lap specialist, hadn't had a pole position until Mizano this year. He'd only actually had two front row starts, you know, um, and and so something happened from Mizano onwards that's got him got his one lap pace sorted, which has then enabled him to to just do better in the races, right? And I think we all know his turn of speed at the moment. He's I think he's would all agree he's the fastest. On the other hand, though, uh, Bagnaya has more experience fighting in this way. He certainly has a big turn of speed to it, maybe not quite the outright pace of Martin at the moment, you know, but, but they're both capable of making uh, unforced errors, you know, which is interesting. Um, uh, so you don't know what's going to happen there. Um, but strategically, perhaps strategically, where it, what he lacks in that absolute last, ten, you know, portion of speed, he makes up for with more strategic thinking, possibly, right? It's you know so for me it's not a stat thing. Well, it's going to be one of those weekends where, with the weather forecast again that we're looking at, the weather forecast might well make a difference to anybody's strategy regarding um, that in Sepang. I see that, um, like the Thai um, round, which was supposed to be rainy on Saturday and Sunday, um, we've got the same kind of forecast coming up this weekend as well. And with only three rounds left, I can't believe we've only got three rounds left to go because it's been a, it seems like a long season, but. Um, it's going to be tricky. There's no doubt about it in my mind. And it's who, who managed it. And I think you're right, Dimitri, when you say about Magnaia has got the experience to maybe just, you know, keep that calm uh, in there. But it's the spoilers, isn't it? And that's where your stats, again, the, the, the deep diving into stats, it's the spoilers that could make such a major difference to, to where mm. this is all going to end up. You know, it's not about the two men. Everybody's so close. Mm. Statistically, it can swap around really, mm. really quickly. Mm. That's right. That's right. And we've seen that happen already, haven't we? 
you know, in the last couple of races, it's, you know. We have. One of the things that, that um, strikes me slightly strange is that your your work is so incredibly deep. Um, I keep saying this because I've obviously looked at it. and I mean, it's just what Harry said a minute ago up on the screen. If it came up on the screen, that would that would help me tremendously. But we never had anybody behind us at the time that was able to look at your stuff and relay that to me in any kind of way that I could use it. And I, could, I didn't dare take my eyes off the screen because there was always so much going on as far as motorbikes are no. concerned. You can't take your eyes off the screen to look at a piece of paper to work it out. So that was the difficulty I had it back in those days. But I was always very surprised that, that people like, we'll say, BT back in the day, because TNT is a slightly different um, enterprise now, um, that they didn't use it in their their digital um, platforms. I mean, I, I, for instance, like a... You know, this is our commentary. This is our live stuff. But if you want to take a look on our on our um, on our uh, digital bloody platform, you can find the stats. You can look into them yourself. Because I know there's thousands of people out there that mm. love this kind of stuff, that love churning it over and looking into it, which which surprises me. I mean, Dorna Dorna used to rely mm. on Dr. Martin Rains to give us a sheet. We had a commentator's sheet of of a very very brief MotoGP, mm. Moto2, Moto3 um, stats. Um, and then, of course, when for some unknown reason they sort of let Dr. Martin Reigns go, and it was done in house, and then we were having to double check every stat because, like you're paranoid about, so am I about repeating something that's false information. And nine times out of mm. ten, it was wrong. <laughs> you could find mm. holes in their stats, which is a nightmare from a commentary point of view, or from even from. You've got to trust your stat man. Um, when the fans get onto you yeah. and. And and there you go, well, Dr. Yeah, we, you, go. you say you're not you're getting more well known in, in the paddock. Well now now everyone can see you on the OMG Motor GP <laughs> podcast. So that'll know. probably be the end of it then. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah. Do- yeah. Well I hope not, because we I mean I I mm. I love a bloody good stat, there's no doubt about it. We'll um, um we'll have to get you back on, Dimitri, for, for more stats peppered throughout uh, next season perhaps, uh, when uh, when because yeah, there are only a few races pleasure. left. But it's been an absolute pleasure, Dimitri, to get to know you. It's not enough time, but we are running out of time, I'm afraid. So uh, we're going to have to call it there. But uh, uh, you can uh, make sure you subscribe and all that jazz, OMG Moto GP. Send us an email. Um, do you want stats? Do you want to access stats? Let us know, omgmotogp at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll feed that back to Dimitri. Uh, but for the time being, my thanks to Dimitri, to Keith, uh, and we shall see you straight after uh, this weekend to look back at it all. Bye-bye.